Okay. Uh, I wanted to do a little something tonight. You know, I, I think that we kind of forget how blessed we are. Uh, can you believe that God's got as much patience as he does with us? Matter of fact, I've entitled my little message tonight, The Patience of God. I'm just wondering, think about it. How much patience do you think you would have with us if you was in God's place? I mean, the way that we act, the things we do, and everything that God has done for us. And then it's, it's, it, <clears throat> so many people, we forget to thank God and be thankful for what He's done for us. We just take, a lot of we, we take it for granted. And I know that God would love for us just to, Lord, thank you so much for your blessings and for what you've done for me. But you know, Lord, God has got more patience with, with us than I could ever imagine. It, you know, y'all are lucky I'm not God. I mean, you know, my patience goes so far, and that's it. And... uh I guess probably most most people are like that. They'll put up with this. They'll put up that after they've had enough. Well, God says a day is coming when He says enough is enough. But uh, I want to look at something here tonight, and I just entitled it "The Patience of God." I don't know. I just got to thinking about this, and I got to uh, and Paul and Paul. Again, you know, if, if any man could have tried God's patience, it would have been Paul. Paul was a good man, but Paul was not always Paul. He was Saul of Tarsus. He was a Roman man. He was a Gentile. He hated God. And he thought he was doing God a great favor by destroying, trying to destroy Christianity, by doing away with Christians. But God's patience went on and went on until finally he said, this man is so dedicated to what he is doing for this Roman government and for the Gentiles. I think God said, you know, I can use a man like that. I'm going to change his heart. He's going to become a different person than what he is now. And he did. God got a hold of Paul and totally turned Paul completely around. And he was so dedicated to God that he began to, to write. Uh, you know, God talked a lot to Paul. You know, we're told that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Well, we know that Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament, or maybe a little more. Well, Paul was getting his information where did Paul get his information? How did Paul know what to write? When God got a hold of Paul and changed his life, Paul could hear God speak. God gave Paul what he wanted him to write. Now, God didn't sit there and dictate it to him. Well, in a way, he did. He gave it to him through the Holy Spirit, just like all the other writers. 
But Paul was so dedicated to God, and God used Paul in such a mighty way. And this here, what I'm going to read or, or, or talk about tonight, is from Paul. And Paul is telling us about God's patience. And I'm going to start out here with a scripture. Now Paul, is, Paul wrote this to Timothy. Timothy was sort of like Paul's adopted son in the ministry. He was teaching Timothy different things and, and trying to teach him about God, God's ways, and things like that. But he wrote this. Matter of fact, this is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. It, 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 you know, but Paul wrote this to Timothy. So this was Paul writing this. It says, But for this reason... I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all his long suffering or his patience for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Okay, now I'm going to read this in a different form. I kind of broke it down as to what this was saying, which is a little easier to understand. And this is what I this is what I just read. It says but for this very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners. See, Paul considered himself as he said, "I was the worst of all sinners, the things that I did." And he says, "But for this very reason, I was shown mercy in that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, so Christ Jesus might show His." great patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul was saying God had so much patience with me for my life and the way it was before he got a hold of me that I can never thank God enough for what he's done. He said, you know, by rights God could have very well easily and probably should have destroyed me for the things that I did for my life, the way I live my life, but God had patience. He was going to use me, and I didn't know this at the time, but God had a reason that he didn't take me out of this world and destroy me. And I did, because God was going to use Paul in such a mighty way. But God had patience with Paul, all that he was doing. You know, even when, when uh, Stephen... He was the first mortar. They were beating him, stoning him, and everything else. Paul was there. And as these people were stoning Stephen, Paul was doing something. He was holding their coats for them while they were stoning God's appointed man. You know, Stephen was so full of the Holy Spirit and love of God, and that's why they were destroyed. Because Stephen would not quit talking, would not quit preaching about the Lord and Savior. So they just, they killed him. And you know, uh, Stephen said something. And as they were stoning Peter, Peter was sitting there and he looked up. He said, I see the Son of God standing at his right hand. It's like Jesus Christ was standing up at God's right hand, honoring Stephen for his faithfulness and for not going back on his promises of serving God. Even through all the stoning, he kept preaching and talking about Jesus Christ. 
and, and, and Stephen said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Jesus was standing up at the right hand of God in honor of Stephen's faithfulness. And, uh, but Paul was there, and he was holding the coats of those who were stoning Stephen. And then, and then Stephen many times would go out and bring in Christians, throw them in jail, have them killed. See, that, that's, that, that was Paul's life. And, uh, <clears throat> but he just said here, but for this reason I was shown mercy because God had a plan for my life and he had the patience to get me to where he wanted me so that he could use me. Maybe that's what God's doing with some of us. Maybe he's showing some patience because he's going to use you in a mighty way. He's trying to get you somewhere so you can do what God has called you to do. Paul never thought that he would ever be a servant of God. He was a God-hater. He didn't want no part of him. But God changed his life. And, and did y'all notice when, when this verse started out, it said, for this reason... I obtained mercy. Well, this verse, that very first phrase, for the very reason I was shown mercy. What was the reason that Paul was shown mercy? We may wonder, well, what is Paul referring to? Why is he saying this? In order to see what Paul is saying, we're going to look at another scripture. It's a scripture just before the one we just read. This it would be 1 Timothy 1.15. We just read 1.16. But this kind of goes back and says, this is why Paul is saying, this is the reason that I obtain mercy. Uh, so, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. He says, everybody can accept this because this is the very reason I was talking about. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I was the worst. So Paul was saved, like I said, so that and, he, and, and God showed all the patience that he, that he could for Paul till he could get him to that point of using him. And, and see, what Paul was doing here, Paul was remembering back to how he was in the past. Maybe some of you, I have. Maybe some of you remember back. Look what God has changed. Look how he's changed me from what I used to be. Look how he changed me from what I used to do. He brought me to him for a special reason. And like I told y'all before, I never dreamed I'd be standing up here in a pulpit. Never had no idea I'd become a pastor. That was the furthest thing from my mind. And it's just, I don't, I, I don't know, one day it was just, it's just like a light came on. Things started changing in my life. I felt like, God is doing something, and I don't understand it yet. Maybe God is doing something in some of y'all's lives, and you don't understand it yet. Just hold on. Say, Lord, I don't know. I don't understand everything yet, but, Lord, my faith and my trust is in you. Do what you want to do to glorify you. And, uh, but Paul was remembering back to his past and what kind of a person he used to be before he came to know Jesus and how Jesus changed his life. You know, and, uh, but Jesus Christ came into this world. That's why he came into the world, is to save sinners, to change. You know, when Jesus came to this earth and he started walking this earth and people started following Christ, Christ changed so many lives. He came. You know, well, let's look. Well, you know, everybody knows John 3.16. 
For God so loved the world, the world is us, that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever would believe in him would, would never perish but have everlasting life. That is a reason that God sent Jesus is to save sinners so that he could change their lives and so that someday they would be with him and they would not perish. To perish means to be separated for all eternity from God. That's what to, par to, to perish means. And uh, another one I want to look at right here, right fast, is John 3:17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but he sent him there that the world might be saved through him. He sent Jesus to the world so that the world, not, not to condemn us, but to save us. And, you know, we, a lot of us, we don't think about that. Look at what God did. He kept, he kept his patience. He kept his love for us uh, to save us. He wants every one of us to be so like Paul. I want to change your lives. I know what some of you have gone through. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. But, but God said, I can change that. I can give you a brand new life through my son Jesus Christ who I'm sending to this earth. I'm not sending him to condemn you, but I'm sending him there so if you will receive him, he will save you. And you will have eternal life. And many times we overlook that, 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 that God did all of this for us simply because of his patience for us and his love for us. God wants all of us to be saved and just one day have eternal life in heaven with him and his son. Uh, see, this is the reason that Paul was saying that he was shown mercy. He was. After all that Paul had done, God showed him so much mercy by, by just saving him, not doing away with him, not destroying Paul, because God knew that Paul one day was going to change. And he was going to use Paul in a mighty way. And Paul was going to make a world of difference in many people's lives. And <clears throat> But see, it wasn't because of Paul's own works that these people were saved, it was because of Jesus and what he did. You know, Paul was just telling them about Jesus and what Jesus did for them and the love of God. And people began to receive all this. And, and they began to repent. They began to ask God to forgive them. And, and their lives began to change just like Paul's did. Paul was looking back at, at, at his own life and he was seeing so much now that he said, if I could just, if I'd just known this before, but you know, Paul had to go through some things. I think some of us have to go through some things in order to want to change. I know. I wanted to change. I didn't want to keep being that same person I was. I wanted to serve God. And don't ask me what happened, because I don't really know. All I know is that. Uh, one day, everything in my life changed. And I know it was God. And I know he had a plan. And he's fulfilling that plan now. And sometimes, you know, I, I ask, and maybe some of y'all have asked, God, why did you wait so long to change me? His answer was very simple. Simply because you was not ready. You wasn't ready yet. See, sometimes we have to know that we need a change. 
And sometimes, if, if you don't think you need a change, you're never going to change. But when you know you need a change, that's when things start happening. When you know and you're saying, God, change my life. Make me that different person, Lord. Make me that new creation in you. Take that old me away and fill me with the new me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> see, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to come to Him and He can change you in a second. He can change you before you ever really realize. You just know something happened. You know you're not that person you used to be. And, but despite how God used Paul and changed him, and regardless of how many people chose to follow Christ because of Paul's ministry, Paul never forgot what he used to be before he accepted Christ. Just like he said, he always considered himself to be the worst of all sinners because of his life. The, the way that he lived, the way he hated God, that he wanted no part of God, but yet God's patience was so strong and so determined that Paul would one day be a different person. And I think Paul has done some of that. I mean, I say Paul, God has done some of that to y'all like what he's done to Paul. I know he did to me. And God can do whatever. Like, like we talk about, nothing is impossible for God. He's got a plan. He can bring that plan to fruition. And, uh, <clears throat> but Paul never let himself forget what he used to be before he received Christ. Paul's telling us that what God did in his life is a picture of what God can do in our life. What he did for Paul, he can do for us. And God will do it in a second. If you will invite God into your life, say, Lord, I need, I need you in my life. I need to change my life. And God said, we'll do that. And all you have to do is simply say yes to Jesus Christ. Receive him. You're filled with that Holy Spirit. And you are not that same person that you used to be. You don't even want to be that person. You detest that person you used to be, just like Paul is. I, he said, I can't believe I was like I was. I can't believe that God let me live and do what I did. See, we've all got a past. Every single person just about has a past. But God changed that. Now you've got a future. You've got a future now. Your past is gone. And you need to remember that. Your past no longer controls you. But your future is still ahead of you. And God's got a plan for you. Just say yes to God and follow that plan. And watch, what, watch how your life changes, just like Paul's did. You know, Paul's tell us that God did in his life, like I said, it's, it's a picture of God's patience and his love. Can you imagine? Everyone, you can probably think back on a lot of things you did. And you say, I don't know why God put up with it. See, that's what Paul's saying. I know all I did, and why God put up with it and let me do all that, I don't know. Simply because God loved Paul. God is love. It wasn't God's grace, it wasn't God's mercy or God's kindness that Paul's talking about. He's talking about his patience. Not giving up, knowing that he is going to change a person. If that person will just say yes, that's all you got to do. Say yes and mean it in your heart. And then watch what God does. Paul, he's, he's, he's looked back at his past life. 
as an example of what God can do in any life when they believe and accept Jesus Christ. I love that, I love that scripture. Therefore, any man who is in Christ, he is a new creation. All the old things in your life has changed, and now everything has become new. You're not that person you was. Paul is not the person he was. Once Christ touched him and got a hold of him, that old life was gone. He started a new life in the service of God. And, <clears throat> you know, Paul, was, he, he, he was talking, talking, he said, God took someone who hated him. Paul talking about himself. He even called himself a God-hater and made him a son. He took a God-hater and turned him into one of his sons. He's turned us into his children. He turned Paul into his children. God took a murderer of Christians and made him a missionary. Paul went all over teaching and preaching about the grace and the patience and the love of God. And through Paul's preaching and teaching, Many, many people accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that's what Paul's looking back at. And that's what he's telling us. That's what he was telling others as he was, as he was going around in his missionary work. Hey, if God can do this for me, he can do it for you. He can do it for you. And so many people knew Paul, though. And they knew how Paul was. They could see the change in Paul. Matter of fact, they was kind of scared of Paul when he first started coming back. They thought it was a trick especially the Christians. Oh, hey, I remember how old Paul, how he was murdering Christians, how he was throwing them in jail. This is some kind of trick that the Romans... You see, Paul had to finally convince them or through his love and through what he was doing for God, they finally realized that God had changed Paul. Paul was not that same man that he used to be. But God had changed him. He was entirely different. And then the Christians began to know that they could trust Paul and accept him. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, to me, God's patience is so unbelieving that he, he could be like that. That he could just love us so much no matter of all the things we've done. And, I, you know, God tells us, when you come and ask for forgiveness, he said, I'll forgive you and I'll never remember your sin again. God said, I'll never bring it back up. He totally forgets. He forgot everything that Paul had done. He forgets everything that we have done in order to, to, to get us into that relationship with him that he wants. And uh, I'm going to finish up here right quick here in just a minute. But I've got, I got uh, some scripture here I want to read. I'm going to read 2 Peter uh, Chapter 3, 1 through 4. It says, this is Paul speaking again now. Now listen, he's saying, Beloved, he's talking to the other Christians. Beloved, I now write unto you, in which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. He said, I want you to remember how you were before you came to Christ. And remember what God has done in your life that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets of the command and, and the commandment excuse me and the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior which Paul is talking about him and the other apostles and then Paul says knowing this first there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts 
It's only them they're thinking about. They're not thinking about anybody else. They're just thinking they are what's important and nobody else. And then verse 4 says, And saying, where is the promise of his coming? See, they're saying, hey, y'all talk about Jesus coming back. Hey, we've been hearing this and hearing this for years. We've seen no change. Where is he if he's coming back? See, they're trying to, well, he said he was coming. What did he say? For <coughs> we cannot begin to imagine the patience that God, we started before we talking about. It. We can't begin to imagine the patience that God has got and how he's waiting to come back. He's waiting to give every one of us a chance to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior so that he does not have to send us to hell. I'm going to show you this. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? Where's the promise of Jesus coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, since their fathers from time on back fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They said, why hasn't he come back? He's promised and he's promised and we have not seen him. Now listen to this. This is Peter, excuse me. Peter is telling, saying this right here. It says, the Lord, this, is, this here is Peter 3.9. It says, the Lord is not slack or he is not slow about concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. But he is long-suffering, he's very patient, toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That is why Paul and Peter and them are saying here right now, that's why that God has not come back yet, that Jesus Christ has not come back. It's to give us still that extra time we need to say yes to Christ. If he come back right now, and took us out, how many people would perish? If he holds on a little bit through the preaching of the word of Christ, there's still yet many more that's going to say yes to Christ. Accept him as our Lord and Savior. They will be saved, and they will have eternal life in heaven. That is why God is waiting. But the time is coming. He said, and two in the Bible, in a way, just kind of paraphrasing, God said, I know that not everybody will come and receive me. For those who will not believe in me, for those who will not receive me, I will turn them over to a reprobate mind. What is a reprobate? A reprobate is something that is useless, worthless, not, no account for nothing. He said, I'm, I'll turn them into that. They're just about to that point anyway. But God says, I will wait for, in other words, he said, I will wait for so long, and then I'm coming back. And when I do, I'm going to pour out my wrath on those that are still on earth. See, at one point, and, we'll, and it's called the rapture, that this church and all churches will be taken out and off of the earth and into heaven before the great tribulation begins. Over in Revelations, I believe it's chapter 3, verse 5, where it says that for I will that that I will not that I'm trying to think. David, would you put two Revelations up there? Uh, 
three five. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. So you'll be in heaven. I'll never blot your name out of the book of life. And then he says that, that over in Revelations 2, that the Christian, the believer, will not go through the wrath that is coming upon the earth. He's saying you won't go through the you won't go through the tribulation. That may be three ten. Revelation three ten. I'm I i did not write that down, but whatever. But anyway he says, I will not put you through the wrath. So when we accept Jesus Christ, we're gonna bypass the tribulation, we're going to go to heaven in the rapture, and all those that have not accepted Christ, they are going to go through the great tribulation. Now some that's going to go through the tribulation, as long as they do not bow down, accept, or pray to the Antichrist, or receive him as their Lord, they still have a chance of being saved. But if they ever, if they ever confess him as their Lord, bow down to him, God says, there's no chance you'll be saved. You chose him over me, and I'm going to honor what you chose. Just like he gives us a free will. We, have the, we can choose where to receive God and Jesus Christ into our life, or we can choose not to. He's not going to force us. But for those who do not believe and do not choose Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior will not enter into heaven. They will go to hell. So he, out of his great patience, his patience are going to come to an end. And I believe it's getting close now. If we look around at everything going on. Linda and I was talking the other day. You cannot turn on the TV right now without all the murders, the killings, the drive-by shootings. The retali- I mean, it's constant, constant of all the killings that's going on right now. Just around us. And it's going to get worse. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ, that is something you truly need to do. Because if something does happen, you know without a doubt where you're going to be and have eternal life. It's our choice. And we have to make it. Nobody, you know, I can't pray for my wife. She can't pray for me of, of me accepting Christ. That is an individual decision. We can't pray for our children, our grandchildren, as much as we'd like to. When they get to that age of accountability, they have to do that themselves. Now, before the age of accountability, and they don't understand everything yet, if something happened, they're going to go directly to heaven. But after that age of accountability, when they know and understand, they're going to have to make the same decision that you had to make. So, your children, be sure to start having, having a Bible study with them at the house. Read your Bible. Talk to them about Christ. Explain to them about things that's coming and things that's going to happen. And help them to, if they haven't made the decision yet, that they can make that decision knowing 
that they want Jesus Christ in their life, and once they do that, they'll have eternal life. So just thank God that he's got the patience he's got to put up with people like us, to put up with people like Paul. See, there's many of us, like I said a while ago, I think God's got a plan for. It just hadn't got to that point yet. And some of it's, it's, it's happening to you right now. You're beginning to feel things. You're beginning to change your ways on some things. And God's working on you. So just remember, God loves you. And he's waiting on you to say yes to him. So I just wanted to bring you all this tonight just to show you that, that God has got patience. And he's waiting on us. But pretty soon those patients are going to go. And he's going to call us home. Let's all go to heaven together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have the patience to wait on us, Lord. I know, I, I know sometimes your patience begins to run short. But, Lord, you hang in there. And, Lord, because you want us all in heaven with you. So, Lord, just those are here tonight, Lord, bless them. Just pour your spirit out on them. And, Lord, may we serve you. May we do what you have called us to do. Thank you, Lord, for changing our lives and for calling us into your presence, calling us to be your children. Lord, thank you for your love and all the goodness that you've poured out. And, Lord, like I said, just put your hedge of protection around us, watch over us, keep us safe, and, Lord, may your blessings be upon each person here tonight, and may they feel your spirit in them. And, Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears> Thank <throat>